Evie. Guess what? What? It is that time again. And on top of that, we have a special guest joining us tonight. So cheers. Cheers. Cheers to the queers. Why did I not bring two freaking glass things? Hang on. Cheers, JJ. Cheers. Ooh, I almost broke that. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Tonight, Queerdos, we have our very, very, very special friend, JJ, joining us. She is one of our Southern correspondents coming from the Gulf of Mexico side of Florida. <laughs> so uh, we really, you know, we really have good coverage down there in that, that part of the world. And we really like to represent that part of the world when we can. JJ is also known as Tone's fiance. You'll remember Tone from several weeks ago when we talked about sex in relationships. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot that is that was the topic. Um, God, a lot's changed since then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> a lot has changed since then. I mean, yeah, yeah. One shot of the vaccine each. Yes, let's just stick with that. That's fine. Um, Jen, thank you. JJ, thank you so much for being on. Uh, it's awesome. Yes, you are coming live from your like Tampa area, right? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm in St. Pete. Uh, there's like 362 days of sunshine per year on average. I so love that. Life, is, life is too short for winter. So I've always been a winter person, um, but I think that um, because this year I celebrated my 100th birthday, I think I am starting to turn into like a warm weather person. And my sister is actually getting ready. Well, not getting ready. She's moving to Florida in a couple years. Her and her um, fiance also are like her, his parents live down in Fort Myers. So they're going to move down there. But I'm all, about, I'm all about it. I think I could actually live in Florida. I think I want to. But I want to live. I'd want to live in Tampa, St. Pete's area. For, for sure. sure. Yeah, that's where it's at. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do remember, though, uh, I remember reading about St. Pete's and how, like, queer-friendly it was and this, that, and the other. And I remember, this was a long time ago, but I Googled St. Petersburg Beach. And I was like, oh, it's like, it kind of looks shitty. Like, it's actually kind of a dumpy beach. I looked at a couple pictures. And so in my head, I was always like, St. Petersburg's kind of, like, shit. Uh, turns out that I had Googled St. Petersburg Russia beaches. <laughs> <laughs> so in my head, I'm still initially like, oh, St. Petersburg is like, eh. The beaches just aren't very nice, but that was St. Petersburg, Russia. So, um, and well, no offense Russia to those. Just going too far now. No offense to those in Russia, you know. Yes, you know, I love the, the Russians, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that we're widely played in Russia. I'm sure Putin loves that. Um, I, I actually, do we have any listeners in Russia? I don't know that I've seen Russia on. I don't think that we would, they would actually have access to us in Russia. Oh my God. We need to like pussy riot this shit out and get in Russia. <laughs> I don't know how to yeah. do that, but let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make it our goal in life to disrupt Putin. Fuck yeah. Russia is like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I see, I see like some of the Russians on TikTok and stuff like that and there, I think there'll be, I mean, it's brewing. Something's brewing over there. I think there'll be some kind of revolution sooner or later, hopefully. Get him the fuck out of here, so. 
Uh, anyway, so we covered Russia and everything else that we do in our intros. Uh, how was your week? Political podcast now, aren't we? Very, very much so. Uh, how was your week, Evie? Oh, my week was, you know, kind of an up and down roller coaster of a week, but I did top it off last night with my very first Seder. Oh, Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov, indeed. It was really, really, uh, um, to be clear, it was a very non-traditional Seder um, per the host's uh, own words, you know, but um, it was really beautiful and it was really moving and we really enjoyed it. It was really cool to be a part of something like that. Yeah, definitely. Happy Passover. You know, I, I really like ritual in general, you know, and kind of just even preparing for the ritual, getting all the things kind of ready and organized and in the one spot. Just, you know, I really like that. Well, um, <clears throat> did you make any traditional dishes? Yes. I made the haroset, or I don't know how you say that word, but. Yeah, the, with the apples. Yeah. yeah. I made that, and then we did get some matzah crackers. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we had some of, we had all the traditional things. Okay. Well, you broke bread. She required us to have, right? <laughs> yeah. Did you guys, did you have gavilta fish? Uh, no. We, we, we did not do that. Um, yeah. gavilta fish is really tricky. It's one of those things that like, growing up is like, ugh, And I mean, to be fair, like, it's disgusting when you make it. It smells so bad. But, like, also, it's basically just something with a bunch of horseradish. <laughs> like, that's oh. like, what it tastes like is just horseradish. Um... I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I would need it now, but like, I like, I kind of like gavilta fish because it's kind of like that thing. But, um, yeah, yeah, good seder. Uh, happy Passover. Yeah, happy Passover. Yay. So, how was your uh, week, JJ? My week was great. Um, it get, finally got warm here. It warmed up to like the 80s, so I got to go to a pool party. And uh, me and Tone recently bought scooters, like little mopeds. Nice. So we've been scooting all around town, and I don't know. I've I've always wanted one. I've never ridden on them, and they're amazing. I'm in love. Mm. I, yeah. yeah. It's been awesome. Did you name your scooter? I haven't yet. I'm not sure what it's going to be. I mean, name it after me. <laughs> you can't officially adopt the scooter until you've named it. Name it after me, JJ. I think that would be appropriate. Name it after me. Um... <laughs> Okay, oh, yeah, I hear it now. I'm going to take Nicole for a ride tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I support it. I support it. Um, scooters are dope. I want one. I had one in San Diego for a hot minute. But, um, uh, yeah, I'd love to get one here, I think. But I, won't, I told you, now I'm, my interests are moving to um, uh, Saint, T- Tampa St. Pete. So I feel like I could ride my scooter all year long there. Oh, my God, you're giving me this idea of this life that I want. Right. And in a lot of the roads on St. Pete, they're only 25 or 30 miles an hour. So people are riding their bicycles. You see golf carts, those little electric stand-up scooters. I mean, it's awesome. Like Razor scooters? Yeah. We have a Razor scooter at my mom's house that we've had for like 20 years. And it just basically damages every kid that rides it. Because, you know, they're so like, they're, they're like... Like, you can't destroy them. And it's made out of, like, iron or something. And the amount of times I've hit my shin on it, oh, my God. But um, I don't think cruises. But, uh, yeah, I think I want to do that. I think I'm going to do that. I want to move to Tampa St. Pete's. 
Um, you know, they have some. There, it really is such a cool fucking place. They've got the dog bar there, and I mean, just so many fucking cool things about St. Pete. We love going and visiting. Like, you should definitely come down for a visit sometime, Nicole. Yeah, and it's pretty like gay too, right? Gay. Oh, it's super gay. It's, it's so gay. gay. We, we have it's the like, biggest pride event in the whole state. Oh, it's be like Ferndale gay, except on a bigger scale. And with the yeah. beach and scooters and dogs. Right. Right. And a beer. Okay. Sold. I live there now. Let's just consider Done. it. Um, I actually uh, am the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't know if you have to apply with the mayor to live there, but um, like Wizard of Oz or something. Can't you just but... call things and then make them yours? I thought that's how life worked. Yes. That's a very Michael Scott of you, like just declaring bankruptcy and then you're bankrupt. <laughs> Declare bankruptcy. I thought it was kind of Donald Trumpy of me too, but you know, I appreciate oh. going all the way there. Michael Scott and Donald Trump are not the same. We hate yeah. Um How was your week, Nicole? Garbage. Like every other week. So it's fine. Moving on. It wasn't <laughs> garbage, but it was, you know, whatever. But again I'm house sitting in lovely houses with some you know, for some great people. Um, but other than that, garbage. Uh, uh, you also have been, you know, enjoying your time house sitting, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But the rest is garbage. And I'm rewatching on the toilet. So I guess that's great. <laughs> Things are great. <laughs> on the up and up over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we get to our topic then? Let's get to it. All right. All right. Last week, we finished up our three-parter on Gen Q. No, it was sort of a menage Q. Q, 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 Q. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it was, a, can we call that a thruple? It was a thruple of episodes. And then there was Alice's thruple, so we thought we would cap it all off with a discussion on... Thruples. Actual thruples. Well, at least one actual thruple. Well, yeah, I mean. Former thruple. Former thruple. But, I mean, like, I don't know how to phrase it. But I guess we could say an actual thruple because we are just speaking specifically to this one. But I feel like the conversation will be a little general, too. I've sort of had something like that before. Oh, would you mm. care to elaborate on that? Um, <laughs> no, but I probably should, huh? Because <laughs> I said that. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so when I was young, in one of my first relationships, um, so, oh, okay, how to, <laughs> so I had a girlfriend, okay, and we were together for a couple of years, and then there was also this other girl that I went to high school with, that I was friends with, that we had kind of, I don't dated but like you know that like kind of awkward like that first girl that you're like we kind of dated I wanted to date her but it was very like I was nervous and I was young this is like before my first real girlfriend so we had this kind of sort of relationship and and then I ended up meeting the girl that I ended up like dating dating and somehow or another <laughs> we thought it would be a good idea to just all kind of join forces if you will <laughs> um and it lasted like we it was kind of a functional thing for like a couple weeks 
where, you know, it was me and my girlfriend. We had an apartment and then this other girl would come over and like hang out with us. And we were like all kind of a thing. And it was only a couple weeks because first of all, we were very young, you know, 18, stuff like that, like jealousy all through the window. It was just, there was no, uh, you know, we hadn't really talked about anything. It sort of just happened one night. We just went with it. And so there was, you know, like set boundaries. I, we didn't even know what boundaries were then. We were 18. Everything was dramatic. I was listening to just Tori Amos and like go, like being as fucking dramatic as possible human. Um, and it like as quick as it started, it ended. And luckily, I'm actually very good friends with these people still. But for a couple weeks, we sort of had this like three person relationship. And it was really it was kind of fun. Like we had fun together. It was weird. But like. So do you, do you remember like why it ended? Yeah, I do. I walked in um, in the kitchen. I remember it so vividly. And they kissed. I don't know if they knew I was there, but, like, also, like, just seeing them kiss alone. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. I can't do this. And, again, like I said, there we didn't have any conversations about boundaries or about what that meant or, you know, um, I, I mean, there are people who are young that are very capable of, being mature about stuff like that I wasn't you know everything was dramatic and everything was dramatics and like we had a volatile relationship as it was and so seeing that um just put me into this like I don't want to say like jealous rage like it wasn't like violent or anything but it put me into that like mode of jealousy you know that I hadn't really felt before because it was just all like always the three of us but like seeing them together alone made me like no like I can't do this right Um, and well, then we kind of talked about that too with like the whole Alice situation, right? How, you know, they just kind of fell into it. And then, you know, I mean, it didn't really work out. And, you know, I mean, I think part of that had to do with the fact that like they didn't go into their relationship with the intention of having, you know, more than a monogamous situation. You know yeah. what I mean? And so there's like a lot to undo when the expectation outright is monogamy and then it sort of transitions within the life of that relationship and I think that can work for some people and for other people I think that can be a harder pill to swallow absolutely I think it it can work wonderfully for some people um I think polyamory can be very successful and I don't know if that's I don't I don't know what people would label themselves as but I'm just saying in general like those kind of relationships are open relationships um for me at 18 basically nothing was successful for me though because I was just a mess you know like I was very all over the place like I you know I mean even now I'm a little like eh, but I also wouldn't get into something without having those kind of conversations which you know I didn't then but I mean like I said I'm very good friends with both of these women still so I don't know I guess it wasn't that I don't want to say bad because it's not a bad thing, but like, I can't remember exactly how, if we like stopped talking for a while after, or if we all just kind of be, went back to being friends because it was like a million years ago, but we're all good now. So, um, but I think it's so interesting. And I love to hear more about people who have been in this situation successfully and which Sorry. JJ, <laughs> I hear you have. Well, JJ has been in this situation successfully. I think would be something for her to define. Um, so, but JJ, like JJ is not, JJ and Tone are not in a, a thruple currently. They are in a monogamous duo. Uh, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So 
how, so tell us initially sort of like, but you were in a throuple once. I was. Okay. So how long did that, that throuple last? It was about two and a half years. Okay. Oh, okay. So a significant period of time. So how did the throuple, okay. So how did it initially happen? Like were you like single and you met a couple or did you meet you know what I mean? Like, how did you initially get involved in a throuple? Yeah, give us the skinny, all of it. All right. Um, so I was in a relationship with, uh, we'll say number one, <laughs> for about five years. And, you know, we had a house and cars and pets. And, you know, we, were, we weren't married, but we were married, right? Sure. And then uh, somebody brought a new girl into the group of friends. And we started hanging. And, you know, we both just were drawn to her. We liked her and she was a fun time. And then something changed. Something was really different and kind of scary because I'm five years into a, a relationship. How, how am I having weird feelings for someone else? And independent of each other, me and number one were going through the same thing at the same time. So one day we sat down and we were just chatting and I can't remember who said it, but one of us was like, Hey, what do you think about number two? And the other person was like, she's pretty cool. I like her. And we were both really hesitant to have the conversation, but as it turned out, we both liked her and how we both you, were, how we were you, okay. How did liking. you break through? How did you break through? Like, did you finally kind of come out with it first or did she? I don't even remember. Um, I think somebody asked and then the person that responded was like hesitant and it was just kind of hesitation back and forth until one of us finally said, I think I like her. And then the other one was like, really? Me too. And ah. we were both shocked. We had no idea that this was happening for both of us at the same time. So quick question. So um, when this new person came into your group, I assume you had a, it was like a group of people you were all hanging out together. Yeah. Did, was it the three of you mostly, or was it like a group of friends, you and this other person? Um, well, you know, all the, the parties at, yeah. at the houses and I lived next door. So there were, you know, lots of people that came over to, me and my neighbor's houses all the time. We were a big friend group. Oh. So it started that way. Okay. That Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a group. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, okay. Um, all right. So, like, but, uh, okay, what I'm curious is, like, did you guys all have, like, kind of a connection, just the three of you? Did you start spending time alone together? Yes. Okay. Huh. I'm, I'm curious, JJ, like, when number one – confessed her feelings for number two to you how did that feel for you was it a little bit of relief or was it a little bit of betrayal or like how did that feel in that moment it was everything um I mean it was relief because I wasn't the only one right but it was also this whole new territory of like what does this mean what do we do with this uh, can we do something you know it's brand new for both of us right and so and this was I'm, I'm sorry, Echo is definitely uh, in a zoomy mode right now, so <laughs> any noises in the background that you hear and the heavy panting will be attributed to them. Um, 
okay. <laughs> I want to give credit where it's due, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, oh, God, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, no, so I think what you were like kind of talking about is like, so this is again, it's something I would think about too. This initial conversation. Where maybe you both know it, but you don't say it yet, but you know you're about to talk about it. Like, did you, how did you, like, contend with, like, was there, like, any kind of resentment when you heard um, number two, I guess we're calling her, like, talk about that? Like, did, like, I, I see, this is where I, I mean, again, this, what happened with me was a very long time ago. I don't know that I could do it now, but I think it's pos- possibly because in my head, I think immediately of like these thoughts of like insecurity and jealousy and stuff, which um, I kind of like already anyway, but it's my own stuff that I'm dealing with. But like, like, did you have that at all? Like that kind of, I guess just like maybe even like be just like as your feelings aside, being upset, hearing your partner confess their having them having feelings for somebody else. Like, no, I don't think I felt that because it was more of a a relief that I wasn't the only one because I think I felt guilty about having those feelings. Okay. Um, so it was a relief that she did too. But then it was also this um, unknowing, like, what do we do now? What does this mean for our relationship? It kind of made it feel a little scary. Like, are we shaky? Are we not good? Is that why this is happening? Or is it something else? Did so, you, you know, we, we had to explore that. Did you two, like, reassure each other in that moment? Like, I still care about you as well. I still love you. My feelings for you haven't changed. I just, my feelings for this person have also grown. Yeah. Like, was that part of that conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, do you mind, like, kind of walking us through what happened next? Like, how yeah, that like, all kind of unfolded? Yeah, how did you tell number two? Uh, well, it wasn't for a while because I think we spent a little bit of time processing what that meant um, just to make sure that we were good, you know, that we were That's solid awesome. and that there wasn't anything that we needed to worry about. Um, and then but then at that point, it almost felt like, well, it's not even real because who's going to want to get into a couple like we're established. We have a house and we have things and who's going to want to be a third wheel to come in. So at that point, it was just kind of like silly and we were like all right well we'll just keep hanging out and having fun and and whatever but I know that the curiosity within both of us still continued so at some point uh maybe a couple weeks later casually jokingly but you know sort of serious uh one of us brought it up I think it was me and I said uh you know we were talking and we came up with this crazy idea and we were thinking it'd be fun if you were our girlfriend Oh, and I just kind of like spit it out to her real quick. And then me, I think me and number one kind of froze like, oh, shit, (laughs) this is real. This is happening. I said that out loud. Yeah. And then number two kind of looked at both of us and shrugged her shoulders. And she was like, "Okay." And then we were just in disbelief. We're like, wait, what? What is happening? And so then I said, "Okay, but, you know, that means that you have to have sex with both of us. And we stared back at her, and she was like, all right, cool. <laughs> we were huh. like, what? Minds were blown. Okay, but quick question. So specifically that time right there, because I always find this funny, because I've been in this situation a couple times where, like, you establish something where you're like, we're going to do this. 
that process of actually doing it is so awkward usually. Like mm-hmm. that first, like those first initial steps. What, what, I mean, obviously you don't have to give us like details, but like give us details. How did it go? Was it awkward? <laughs> Um, well, hang on. Before we get to the sex part, oh, we, oh, I know. I, I mean, hold on. That made me sound so creepy. No, I was like this. Oh my god, I always come off like such a creep, and I even said like, give me all the details. No, hey, don't worry, Nicole. She was legal. <laughs> Whoa, okay, hold on, real quick. Um, Evie, I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but I think we need to revisit that because I've not had any problems with legalities and that. Because what, Evie? It was off a comment you said last week. I'm just. I know, but you know, I just I say dumb things all the time. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I'm gonna give you those details, but there were important things that happened leading up to that. Okay. So. So once it was decided that we were going to do this thing, then we all sat down and we're like, okay, so what does this mean for us? Does this mean that we're completely open and anybody can be with anybody? Or are we like a monogamous throuple? Like, you know, we had to figure out what the boundaries were and what we were comfortable with. And jealousy is a huge thing. Yeah. Most people will say like, I could never do that. I'd be way too jealous. I was that person until it happened to me. So, you know, if you care about people, you just kind of roll with it. And me being the type A person I am, I was doing research, I was reading blogs, I was like looking up how do other people do it. And then I was reporting back (laughs) saying, okay, guys, I think we should do this. I love that you researched how to do a throuple. That's so fucking awesome. Like, where did that research take you? Wiki Uh, how. (laughs) I learned that there are a lot of successful groups of people out there that have amazing relationships and they raise kids together and polyamory can be an amazing, beautiful thing. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I mean, immediately it makes me think of like, I think we talked about this before, like the whole real sex thing, because they kind of made it like kind of this like thing that it wasn't, but then also they actually like some of these, I can't remember what show, uh, it was like Showtime or HBO ended up doing this like show on polyamory where these couples like super fucking successful like raising kids together and stuff like that and it was really like god this is awesome i mean i just it's jealousy thing. i don't know i don't know but anyway go ahead keep going tell me more tell me okay everything. so uh i think in the beginning we set up boundaries because we were worried that somebody would get jealous so we brainstormed on what can we do to prevent anyone from getting jealous And what we landed on was, it's okay to, you know, be cuddly and kiss and hold hands and all of that, but we can only have sex when the three of us are together. Okay. That was the initial rule. So that lasted for about a month. And then... So so who broke that rule? Nobody broke the rule. Um, I think it just kind of evolved that we realized that if we're really going to do this and if we're really going to fall in love with each other and be in love, you can't limit love. You just have to have it and and go with it. That's I I'm so like that's so smart and like so, impressive. Like that's awesome. Honestly, like so it's good. so. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just 
<laughs> I'm just wondering though, like how did it evolve then? Like, was it like, cause you said that was the initial rule for like the first month. So was it then like, okay, let's sit down and renegotiate this or like, how did that like kind of happen? Um, well, I guess I forgot to say that number two moved in with us. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that was part of like establishing that this is your new home. And, you know, if you're really going to be a part of this, you're going to bring in your decorations and your furniture and your stuff. And we're going to, you know, move our stuff to accommodate you. And so. Okay, wait a minute. Before we ever talk about sex, then we really have to talk about how three people agreed on decorating a fucking house. Well, we didn't redecorate. We just kind of incorporated her stuff into our stuff. Evie, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Hey, listen, I'm just wondering because negotiating that with Amos was, oh my God, World War fucking three for months. I'm just like, how do you negotiate that with two people? (laughs) Yeah, that would have been hard. Well, it was number, number two didn't have a lot of stuff. I feel like I like I am, I don't know why, but at this point in my life, I feel like I'm kind of going to be a number two. I have a lot of like lesbian, like couple friends and stuff. And not that I would, I mean, there's no couples right now. Like I would really entertain that with, but I would be the same with like moving in. I'd be like, eh, I mean, we've already talked about this. I can't see shit anyway. So like (laughs) all my pictures are in mint green frames because I thought they were all brown. So don't leave it up to me to decorate. Anyway, I'd be like the same. I'd be like, eh. I'm going to adjust my life a bit to yours. So I feel like it's, you just have to go, you have to find the right person that'd be willing to like put that stuff aside. Obviously it's not you, Eve. Well, I mean, it's also got to be interesting for the, the, the secondary person coming in, right. Um, To an established couple, right. Like that's got to be like kind of a wild ride in and of itself. the things that we are caring about right now just don't make sense. We got to move past it. <laughs> These are things that you and I need to talk separately about. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry, baby. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, that that was an important part because I think incorporating her stuff kind of became both literal and metaphorical. Like, it's not just her physical stuff. It's, you know, her emotions with us and her love for us. And we realized that we didn't just have a three-person relationship. We had four different relationships going on, you know, one with each yeah. of the two people and then the three of us together, that dynamic. Right. So it just, it's it, a it kind lot of fucking processing, which is, yeah. Oh my, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, explain though, if you don't mind, like tell us more a bit about how that process like went down. This is so fascinating. <laughs> um, well, for me, I think, at one point I sat down with number two and I was like, okay, here are the things that are important to me in a relationship here. Here's my love language, you know, tell me about you. And, and I like, I wanted to just kind of dive in and get all those details so that I could make her feel comfortable so that we could move forward in the relationship. It was very different than when I dated people normally, because you just kind of organically find that stuff out over time. Mm -hmm. But this was kind of fast forward a little bit. So you know, she dove in and we were like, okay, give it to us. So I have a quick question. Um, like going into this situation. So, uh, I, I don't know why, but I keep fucking up these numbers. You and the person you were with originally, was that number one? Yeah. Number one is the original. You and number one. 
like when you went into it, did you all decide that these relationships are going to be all equal, I guess? Or was it established like you and number one are like the number one? You know what I mean? Like, it sounds to me like you're saying that, like, it was all equal and you wanted to, like, come in from that, like, place of, like, equality. And but, like, was it hard to, like, I mean, I feel like that would be something with me. The fir- the person that I was with originally, I feel like there would be less boundaries between us and more between me and number two or her and number two. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Or did you just go, like, did did you want to all just be, like, equal, on equal, like, footing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think after that first month, we wanted to just be 100% equal. Equal? Okay. Um, but I will say that there was a caveat that we all agreed on, that if things didn't work out, that number two would take a step back and, you know, like, recognize that me and number one were a thing and, you know, she would let us have our thing. So okay. that was always you know, in the background. Can I, I, I want to ask a question uh, as well, somewhat similar to what Nicole just asked. And it has to do with building trust. Like, uh, because I, I know for me personally, right, as, as a person in a relationship or entering into a relationship, it does take time for me to build trust and sort of like knock down my walls, right? And it's real easy for me to build those walls back up. That's a whole fucking other issue. But in terms of like, so you've built trust already with number one, like building trust with number two and then also building trust with number two and number one, like how did you navigate that? Was that something that you found difficult to do or was it a little bit easier because you already had trust in at least part of the relationship? It was very difficult for me. If I didn't do all that research and read how other polyamorous people arrange their relationships, I don't know how I would have done it. I think it was reassuring and and it was educational to learn like what are the healthy things to do and what things are unrealistic and never going to work. That's really smart. Yeah. Did you find yourself though struggling with anything where you had to be like, you know, like mentally, like you understand something one way, but you feel differently about it. You know what I mean? Like, your emotions and your mental yeah don't line up oh my god that's totally me I would read this stuff and be like this is what I'll do and then in a minute I'll act like a complete fucking Neanderthal so yeah exactly yeah no I'll, I'll yeah. call myself on it I'm so bad with that but JD you sound like you're really 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 good with that well which it, is... it was it was hard but the thing is I you know I would initially feel those feelings. And then I would have to consciously say to myself, do you really want this? Because if you do, you got to put that away because there's no room for this in this, you know? And I think all three of us, I think we were all nervous. We were all jealous and we all wanted it to work. So it was kind of like, okay, I don't know if I can do it. And I don't know if either of you can do it, but if we're going to do it, let's just go big or go home and and hopefully it works out. Brilliant. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, if you can just keep going, kind of like walk us through it a little bit, like what would happen next or whatever. I mean, do you remember where you were in the story? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like a month in, okay. and we decided that we had to get rid of all the rules. So 
we basically just completely opened it up between the three of us. Like whatever happens, happens. Um, I was in school at the time getting my undergrad. So I was away from home a lot and I had to be okay with knowing that while I was gone, having sex without me or, you know, while somebody else was visiting their family, the other two might be having sex without them. Yeah. You know, we just had to wrap our heads around it. Was that sort of like one of the hardest parts, the, the intimacy aspects in terms of like navigating that, you know what I mean? Like, was that the hardest stuff or was it just missing the other people or like feeling left Um, out? I'm just kind of curious. Like, no, I mean, I think you just have to kind of in line with the feeling, the jealousy and telling yourself that there's no room for that, you know, with those feelings, you just kind of have to put them away and just acknowledge that, you know, if we're all in love, this is what love looks like. And this is how people act when they're in love. And, and then it kind of develops into compersion, which is is when you are pleased or happy by seeing somebody that you love being pleased or happy. Hi, you're like the smartest person I've ever met. Hi. Like, honestly, I'm just like sitting back and thinking about how fucking messy I am. Like, like literally it's brilliant. We actually, we have a quote that's similar to that on our refrigerator that it's something like take obvious pleasure in another's happiness. I love you, Evie. Which I mean, like, it's just sort of one of those things. It's like, and it's true. Like when you love somebody, seeing them happy just fills you with joy. You know, it's, and, and I understand what you're, where you're coming from with that, you know, seeing somebody else in love with somebody can make you happy. It can also make you jealous, right? But it also can awaken that that happy part of oh you. Oh my God, I love compersion. <laughs> Fuck me, this is so like, oh my, I can't. I mean, it's, you're so and, smart. And the, the nice thing is that, you know, when I was away at school, I had, I knew that, you know, they were together, they were being cutesy and cuddly, and it wasn't just number one sitting alone by herself, twiddling her fingers waiting for me to get there okay so I think my my problem is I have such a limited idea of love that like and and I limited it a, a really long time ago and it's funny because I've always thought of myself as like you know like love is big to me and stuff but it's really actually fucking limited and like I'm really um I, I'm I'm kind of like hard on the idea of love because if it doesn't fit into the certain way, the certain box, it's not like love to me. Like it has to be so big and it has to be outlandish and we're in love and we're crazy and it's us against the world. And I don't end up having time for like actual fucking functional relationships and love, which is like kind of like, oh, okay, well, we have other lives we're living here and we can be in love outside of it. It doesn't have to be so big. It doesn't have to be us against the world. We can be together and function within the world. And it's a really bad thing. You know, I, I, I get that about myself. Um, there are some things that I'm not proud of and it took me into some really good places, but to some bad places too. And I think my biggest, I, it would be so hard for me to get over this idea of like that, 
us not being, you know, like me and somebody I'm with maybe not being this like huge love. And then there's part of me that's also like if all of like three of us and we're actually like functioning, like would it be even a bigger love? But like, again, it's still kind of that like sort of limited mindset that I'd have to get over. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying like for myself, I, I know it's ridiculous, but like I think it's so fucking cool that you like thought outside that box and found a way to be like complicit in all this like really big love. You know, I just think it's really impressive. And awesome. <laughs> but I also, I mean, keep in mind that I never thought of myself as the person that could do this. I never looked for it. I never thought about it. Like, I thought it was interesting in general, but I never thought it could be me. Yeah. And, and, and it happened. And so I think the cool part of it was, like, I'm I'm in love with number one, and I'm able to pursue feelings with number two. And so it's kind of like you're given this allowance to to do those things and to have those feelings. And then you can still come back to number one, still have those feelings. And then when you have the two of them together, I mean, we can jump into the nitty gritty sex talk. I mean, it was a threesome every time. So before we get to the fun stuff, I do want to ask you about like the coming out process, right, with this. I mean, because... Coming out as queer is one thing, right? But coming out as a thruple is a whole nother thing, right? Like with your family, your friends, like what was that process like? I didn't even think of that. That was uh, very awkward. And if I recall correctly, I think pretty much all of our friends thought that we were about to fall apart. And that's why we were bringing in a third person. That's so true. we did. <laughs> you remember that, Evie? Well, that's true. <laughs> Did you just call yourself one and say that's true? A hundred percent true. Yeah. Okay, well, so we take did... note of this. I mean, this is a surprise, right? Say that right. I did not think that. Yeah, we did a lot of defending ourselves in those conversations because people just, you know, they didn't understand like how you can be with somebody for five years and then suddenly incorporate a third person which you know it was bizarre to us but we were just going with it right but I also want to say that like from the outside perspective it seemed like number one and number two were more coupled up than you were like involved you know what I mean like and that that was some of the concern at least for some of us Mm-hmm. Was that we were a little bit worried about you and that maybe you were being railroaded into it. Interesting. I gotcha. You know no, what I'm I mean? Saying? It was definitely, yeah, it was definitely my choice. And I definitely, I mean, I think I even talked to you about that back then. So it's not like I was yeah. like talking behind your back. I mean, I was saying this stuff to you and right. asking you if you were okay and all of the things. And when you told me you were, it was like, okay, well, I have to believe you, you know, because you're in it and I'm not. So. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that way. <laughs> Just kidding. I was a part of your guys' friend group. <laughs> That's fair. Go ahead. Anyway, whatever. Um, but coming out to family was even more difficult. Um, the only reason that I came out to my family is that my mom decided she wanted to take us all on a cruise. And so I had to be like, uh, okay, cool that you're going to pay for me and number one, but uh, number two is going to come along also because we're together. Oof. And that was the only time we ever talked about it. <laughs> that was all that was ever said. 
Echo so, is very interested in that. So am I. I was that. I don't know me? what my family thought. I don't know what they thought was going on, but number two just started showing up at all the family functions, and nobody asked questions. Number two got gifts from my family, and it was like we were out without actually saying the words. I mean, to so, everybody. So essentially, like you're saying that your your family, your mom led sort of the cause of like ensuring that like number two was welcomed in as if. Yeah. That's awesome. Your yeah, mom's was great. great, though. So, I mean, that doesn't surprise. <laughs> it's true. It's what true. about uh, number one's parents and number two's parents or families or whatever? Oh, that's where it was very tricky. Um, number one just started bringing number two along to everything. Never said anything. Never was affectionate with number two in any way. It was almost just like. We've got this tag along, you know, like this, I, I don't want to say homeless girl, but like this girl that has nowhere to go. So she comes with us. I think that's what her family thought. Yeah. And she would never, number one would never say anything to anyone in her family. Now, what about number two? Um, number two, oh, that's a whole story. Um, she basically told her family that we were her roommates that she moved into our house and we were, she told them that we were a couple and that we were just her roommates. And so when we went to her family functions, it was like, Oh, these are the people I live with. So, um, did her family know that she was queer to begin with? Yes and no. Um, she did come out at some point, but I think her mom thought, Oh, it's a phase. And then uh -huh. they never really talked about it again. I see. So was that, I mean, so that's interesting. So you were the only one who was really out with your family about it. Right. Um, did that, did that cause any hurt at all within the that you all felt like maybe like that others felt like that maybe you felt like that they were hiding from their families or was there more of a like kind of mutual understanding? This is fucking hard and let's just do what we can to get through these situations. I think there was understanding for a while, um, but I want to say at some point it switched to, what are you fucking waiting for? Like, yeah. here we are, it's been a year. Here we are, it's been two years. Like, what, what, you know, it turned into resentment on my part. So, yeah. did you, you were out to your family before, though, right? Yes. Okay. So, it was like a whole, like, coming out and coming out and coming out. Like, it was... I mean, not that that's not hard, because I can't, honestly, I'm out to my family. I I feel like, I sound so douchey, but I feel like my sisters would just make fun of me. They'd be like, what? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't take it serious, which sucks, but. What? If you were in a, like, a throuple situation? Yeah. Yes. That's because they would be so busy making fun of you about having a harem. <laughs> No, because I would be the other person. I'm telling you, like, look at all the, like, lesbian couples I'm friends with. Like, I'm really good friends with a bunch of lesbian couples. Like, I would be that person. And I'm not, like, saying it bad badly, but my family would be like, okay, so you couldn't get a girlfriend. <laughs> so you're in this situation. Like, my family would be a dick about it. But, like, I don't know that they would take it seriously. And that sucks that people would, like, 
you know, I love my family to death, but I also know how they operate. And like, I feel like they'd have a hard time taking it seriously, which sucks, but. Well, I mean, I think that polyamory, I think is, is difficult for a lot of people to understand, right? Because we are very conditioned to be, you know, to think that monogamy is the way to go. Yeah. Like, and if you're not monogamous, then you failed at something. Right. And like, like, hey, I've had this conversation with my mom and, you know, not necessarily in terms of uh, love relationships or sexual relationships, but just in terms of just love in general and how like, you know, jealousy and things can come into play and how, you know, I really do believe that it does take a village to have a relationship. Like, I don't think that you can just be in a relationship with your significant other. Like, I think you need a support system and they need a support system in order to have a relationship, you know? So it's like, we already aren't completely, you know, in a relationship with just one person. You know, we have relationships with many people to help make that one relationship work, right? And so, like, I just don't expand beyond, you know, the sexual, like, in, in yeah. terms of personal life. But in general, like, love, like, makes your heart expand. It doesn't make your heart contract, you know? So it's like, it is easier to see how one can love more than one person at a time oh for sure I loved one person and my heart palpitated for the last month which was really odd so you know what though I'm thinking actually like it sounds silly but like I keep thinking of the show Big Love and my mom was obsessed with it because she was like that's the best kind of situation you know my mom's like you don't want a man to just like move into your house and live with you and be this person but like you have sister wives and he's here a certain amount of time you have that kind of companionship but you have this also like companionship with other women and you raise your kids together so you know I, I say this stuff but I honestly actually when I really think about it I bet my mom would be really impressed in, about a situation like that because it kind of is superior in that way like you know I mean obviously my situation with my sort of I I don't even want to call it a thruple because it was literally like 20 minutes. But like for a minute there, like, yeah, there's something to be said for it. I mean, I guess like that is like a double support system and everybody kind of working together. And you do have to work harder, which means you're more conscious of yourself and your behaviors. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I I think maybe it'd be good. I mean, for sure. Like to me, it seems like a really evolved Definitely. To approach relationships. Oh my and God. I, are you asking me to join you in Amos, Evie? I can't right now. I was actually just going to say I'm just not that involved yet, but sure. <laughs> I can't right now. <laughs> I feel like that's where you're going with it. I can't right now, Evie. I'm just, I'm very busy. I'm very tired. <laughs> I know you're house sitting for so many people right now. I'm house sitting. I'm very tired right now. <laughs> so, okay. Can we finished though like I want to hear more about it and I mean I hate to say this I want to hear a little bit about the sex and a little bit about how it kind of ended yeah okay <laughs> yeah. With that. okay so um so let's get into know. the nitty-gritty right so to answer your question yes the first time very awkward because you're used to your partner that you've been with for five years you know what works and what doesn't and then 
you throw somebody in the mix and it just kind of throws everything off. Um, but we went with it and hey, I'm, I'm just going to fast. I want to, I want to interrupt really quickly and okay. ask you, had you ever had a threesome before that? No. Okay. So, so it was very exciting. Okay. So, well, right. But also like, cause like in my experience, like the threesomes that I had, they, they were like spur of the moment, like not relationship oriented, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, but yours was more intentional and there was thought and, and, and care and love kind of. You have to put like mute, like Sade, Shade, Sade. I don't know what's how you fucking, however you say her name. Like put like sensual music on and like. (laughs) I hate my I'm done. I'm done. Evie, stop. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. So I can see why that would be a little bit more awkward. That's all I was trying to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So I think in in all the ways, not just sex, but emotional and and everything else, I think me and number one were trying to make number two feel welcome and feel incorporated. Um, P.S. I should mention all three of us were social workers. So there's that. (laughs) I don't know why in my head that just sounds like so many more conversations. I just feel like you're all really very giving Yes. And nobody's very good at receiving. Like my first threesome was literally a nod. Like I was like <laughs> whatever with my girlfriend and she was there and I looked at the other one and I like nodded at her and she was like, yeah. And that was it. <laughs> and then we were in like a thing for like two weeks. But I love that you were um social workers, so I'm sure it was like so better. Go ahead. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Well, it was, yeah, it was way better for me um, because what I found out through this is that number one was not good in bed. So, (laughs) so having number two kind of, you know, balanced it out and made it better. JJ, okay, are we friends? Like, okay, no, I'm not going to ask that, but we're good though, right? I know number one. Yeah. yeah <laughs> fucking God, I love that you just said that, though. <laughs> I got to just say, to make it even better, since everybody knows Tone because she was on a previous episode, by being with Tone, I learned that you don't have to have a threesome to have good sex. Oh, oh hey. Right? Fucking <laughs> Tone, yes. Right? Standing ovation over here for Tone. Seriously, That's right. Tone, I mean... <laughs> If you want to have a threesome, I'm just kidding. Literally, JJ, <laughs> listen. There's so many reasons. I'm just kidding, okay? I mean, you, if we're all, you know the all of the reasons, and for all of those reasons, I'm just kidding. I'm just gonna say, if we're gonna draw out Alice's map, it's kind of like it already happened. Oh, bam! It's actually pretty fair. <laughs> Uh, JJ and I do have a couple connections. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's good. It's good. Oh my God. I love (laughs) it. Do you remember JJ coming to Magiano's some years ago? Yeah. Our friends. Yeah. Yeah. I remember all the things going to Como's. Well, yeah, but all the things. things. That day, all those days. Yes. 
did it. You're awesome, though. You're awesome. <laughs> Keep going. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, so you learned through tone that you don't need to threesome to have good sex. <clears throat> right. But at the time, I thought it was amazing because I was finally getting what I wanted. So, to me, threesomes <laughs> were, like, the best thing that ever existed. Now, okay. can I ask what was yeah. missing from number one? Or, I mean, like, is that too personal? Like, we don't have to go there. It's okay if it's too personal. No, it's fine. I mean, I'm not friends with her, and I number don't one think listen? you are either. I doubt number one listens. No, I doubt it. Nobody really likes her anymore. Number um, one is not number one, right? <laughs> that's okay. right. Okay, go ahead. Tom is clearly number one, but in right. the story okay number one is someone else yeah. yes um so I think number one maybe had some sort of identity issues and was working through them I guess and it was number one was very specific on what she liked and she did not want to worry about what I liked because she wanted to do what she liked and I had to kind of adapt I guess yeah. I understand that. I felt number one is a very self-centered kind of person. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I so yeah, number two. I adding number one. It's fine. You're probably better off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, so yeah, adding number two was, was a great mix for me. Um, but to fast forward, like looking at the two and a half years in total, even though we opened it up to anybody can have sex with anybody or do whatever they wanted, it actually only ended up that I had sex with number one by my by ourselves only once, and I had sex with number two by ourselves only once, and they had sex with each other by themselves only once. Like, it just kind of happened that way. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, what do you think... So, where... So... So it was a two and a half year relationship. It was very clearly significant. Like, where do you think the breakdown started to happen? Or like what kind of through the, you know, this paradise mixture sort of into the crapper? Like what happened? Well, there's a few things that we've kind of already touched on that now we'll look back at retrospectively. <laughs> yeah, so because it's we, never just one thing, right? I mean, there's right. always a series of unfortunate events that lead to the inevitable yeah um so when I said that in the beginning I kind of was like here's who I am here's my love language here's what I need what do you need um number two could never fulfill those things and I'm not unreasonable I'm not asking for like crazy big you know over the moon kind of stuff um, it was as simple as I literally had to tell her when I come home from work, if you could greet me, that'd be great. Like a hello? Like, yeah. A hello. A, hey, it's nice to see you. A kiss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just some sort of like awareness of you like being there and like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or if we sure. pass each other in the hallway, like, you know, look at me and smile or give me a kiss or say good morning to me in the morning like it literally came down to those things and so we had going on that this person was not like kind of just sort of being human to you there were a lot of things um 
I think the biggest thing is she suffered a lot of trauma and hardcore going through it. She was not mentally stable. She should not never have entered into this complicated relationship because she probably wasn't even ready to be in a relationship with one other person, let alone two. Gotcha. Um, she, she had a lot of mental health issues. She had a lot of treatments happening. And on top of that, I found out over time that exactly what you thought, Evie, <laughs> is what happened. That she was never really into me. She was only into number one and was basically faking it the whole time. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. How did you find so that? Even, well, I mean, we had like probably 100,000 conversations in those two and a half years um, of me saying like, here's what I need you to do. Here's, you know, I'll do these things for you. What do you want me to sacrifice to do for you? And and I, I flat out asked her so many times, like, do you love me? Are you in love with me? Do you want to be with me? Do you want to be with us? Do you want to continue your, li- your life with us? I mean, at that point, we were talking about having kids. And we were yeah. like, do you want to have a baby with us? Like, we were serious, you know? And her answers were yes, yes, yes to everything. So, so it was really you- confusing because she said yes, but then but she acted think- the opposite. Right. So do you think that she kept saying yes because of her interest in number one? Yeah, I think that was part of it. I mean, I think she also needed the support that we provided her. Mm-hmm. And I think she was probably lost as a person. Okay. You know, she just had a lot of personal issues going on behind the yeah. scenes that had nothing to do with polyamory. Sure. So, yeah. And it finally came to a point where... I thought I was going crazy. I thought I was literally yeah, having a mental know. breakdown. Yeah, that's and not a good feeling at all. I was about to explode, and, it, you know, it just kind of came to me. Like, okay, I've tried 100%. I've tried 200%. I've done literally everything I can possibly think of to make this work, and it's not working. And so... I can walk away from this with my head held high, you know, like I tried as much as I could. Um, So one day I sat them down and I said, you know, enough is enough. Because just prior to that, I think, Evie, what you might remember is I started secluding myself and isolating myself because I was just so unhappy. Yeah. And it finally came to a head and I sat them down and I was like, okay, here's where we are. And I can't do this anymore. So you two need to decide what's going to happen next. And if, if you two want to be together and ride off into the sunset, okay, go for it. We'll figure out all of the financial stuff. But if not, like, you know, I can't, number two, I can't do it with you anymore. Yeah. So yeah, that so you, you essentially <laughs> were saying I'm, I am, I need to break up with number two. I'm not clear on where I am with number one. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and, and, you know, there was there was that whole understanding of if it didn't work out, number two would back off. But when it actually came to happen, she wasn't backing off. Yeah. So what happened? Um, basically, number one picked me, which was great. You know, it felt like a victory, <laughs> um, especially because we had, 
you know, the house and the pets and the finances together and it's sure. all that mess. Well, um, and so, so it feels good to be loved, right? I mean, yeah. well, yes, yes, there's that. But also, you know, the other messy part of it. Um, so number one moved out. And like I said, she was very unstable mentally and emotionally. And so we just we kind of felt compelled, like, OK, we don't want to be in a relationship with you anymore, but we also don't want you to feel abandoned. Yeah. So me and number one tried really, really hard to help her through the hard time that she was going through. And I think it just like she tried to make that work in the beginning, but it ended up she couldn't handle it. You know, she couldn't see number one with me. She couldn't be around it. And so we just kind of cut ties altogether. So then how did you and number one split up and how long after you, the throuple, like kind of disintegrated, did you and number one, like? Um, it was probably about a year and a half after. And that year and a half was really rocky because, you know, we were trying to like figure out how to get back to us and get yeah. back to um, and, you know, I was in it to win it. You know, I had a, a great job with the state and, you know, our financially, like we were set and I was like, okay, marriage isn't legal, but I, I'm here. Like, I'm not leaving. I want to be with you forever. And about a year and a half after the thruple dissipated, um, I found out that number one kissed her coworker in my garage while I was upstairs in my room sleeping. Oh, yikes. And yeah. they had an emotional thing going on, which this coworker that she kissed was already married anyways. So it was very complicated and stupid. And um, yeah, it was a really awful breakup. Well, I'm sorry that you experienced that, but <laughs> I am so glad that you did because of where you are now. And the person that you're with now is so much better suited to you anyway. So yes, 100%. For sure. Everything happens for a reason. And you know, I, mean, yeah. I, can, I can say that I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about what I want in a relationship and how a functional relationship, what it should look like. Yeah. So when I when I got with Tone in the beginning, I was like, OK, if you do this, this or this, I'm out. <laughs> she was like, all right, good. OK, I got it. <laughs> so I learned a lot. You know, it was a learning experience for sure. Right on. So you don't have any regrets? Um, I mean, I feel like with number two, I don't know that it's regret, but it's kind of like I tried everything in my power to make it work and you still didn't want to be with me, even though you were saying yes. So I think there's there's always going to be some kind of unresolved feelings of, um, I guess, rejection. Sure. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, like, my life is amazing here, so that overrides all of it. Right on. So, recommend Thrupplehood? Not recommend Thrupplehood. I get it. Me? Yeah. You're asking me? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think it can be amazing for the right people, and I think it didn't work for me because number two was a big fat liar. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> okay. That's what it comes down to. Like, if you're not going to be 100% honest, 100% of the time, you have no business even trying it. 
You know, I mean, I think that's the thing for me. It's like, it's hard enough being 100% honest with myself, Mm -hmm. let alone a partner and then another one. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot of fucking work. And I think that's, you know, for many, many years, I thought I wanted something a little bit more open in my life in terms of relationships. I wanted an open relationship, you know, polyamorous style of thing and ultimately like I I realized that I just don't only because I just don't want to do that much work because I already feel like one relationship is so much fucking work like I just can't even handle the idea of you Evie of more than one you know it's probably the the amount of work that a normal couple does it's probably like five times that yeah see I I couldn't do that and it isn't like I have no judgment like whatever like floats your boat kind of thing you know I have no judgment on it it's just for me I don't want to fucking do that much work I mean honestly though like you you did do the work JJ You you did you did you did the work so like I appreciate that you did the work also, like, I could not do the, do work. the work. You did the research. <laughs> Thank you, because I know that I could not do the work. But literally, you did the work. So, good on you. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, You're the best. Can I live with you? <laughs> we can talk about that <laughs> offline. We're moving too quickly. Yeah, right? You're right. right you're right. right. You know what? Actually, I know. Lesbian, lesbian U-Haul. Slow it down a little bit. Pump okay. the brakes. Wait a minute, I'm getting a little bit of a vibe here. I feel like maybe the three of us. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, it might, listen, it might be um, brilliant. It might be. It might be, like, fucking brilliant. So, yeah, like, slow, slow roll, JJ. You don't know. You know, it's been a minute, okay? <laughs> I've hung out with you in, like, 20 years, so. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I could be so much better now. <laughs> um. Anyway, though, seriously, thank you for like filling us in with that. It's really interesting, and again, like super fucking like awesome that you like came through and talked to us about this. Cause yeah, seriously, I mean, this is so good. It was so much fun. I mean, like, cause you and I have had conversations like when you were in the thick of it and all of the things. Um. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, like, it really is kind of fun to, you know, sort of go back and, and, and catch up with you about that and, and find out more information and, you know, no, n- learn more things about one of my very dearest friends. So, yeah, for sure. I, I love coming up. I was nervous, but it's been great. Well, I'm glad that you've enjoyed yourself, but you still have to give us a crush. time for the crush. <laughs> but I know that Nicole wants to hear their Russian accent, which is not very good. When I don't listen very well to Jody K- 
newcomer, I don't do the Russian as well. Mm, she does do such a good job, though, right? Either way, I am still going to do my bad fake Russian accent and say, Nicole, who is your crush? Okay. My crush this week is this, like, kind of group of girls named Kennedy Mays One. Now, the reason they are my crush is because they went to this fucking brunch restaurant over the weekend in... Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, they were like discriminated against for the grossest reasons, like really bad reasons. Um, and it's a place called Copa, and it's in, in Cincinnati. But like, I love them because they like persevered. They made a TikTok about it, and now everybody is staring at Park Copa in the comments. And then also, it made its way to Google. And so you can see, like, what actually happened. The girls were, like, dis- discriminated against because of, like, one girl's, um, her hair was showing under her weave. Another girl is basically, like, super fucking racist and gross. The guy, like, the owner was, like, super racist and gross. And, like, wouldn't allow these girls to come in. These girls persevered. They made this TikTok. And now everybody's just, like, the fucking, like, ruining this restaurant in the comments. So. Oh, that's awesome. Love they that. They are my absolute crush. Watch the video. Uh, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y-M-A-Y-E-S-1. Uh, Kennedy Mays 1. Um, Copa, Cincinnati. Awesome. The girls are super cute. They're really fun. And the owner's a douche. And it can just show what people are capable of in real time. So, Listen. When, when girls get badass and organized, yeah. there's nothing that can fucking stop they them. Actually... Within the last few hours, the restaurant <laughs> has been officially labeled a public restroom <laughs> because of enough people in Google comments on what the space is supposed to be. They have to change it. So now it's a public restroom. Oh my God. That's classy. Yeah. So they're my fucking crush this week. I love them. They're awesome. Go for it. Check out their TikTok and fuck Copa in Cincinnati. So. Yeah. Kennedy Mays one. I'm in. How about you, JJ? Can I know your crush? Yes. Um, so my crush is our very good friend, Dawn. She Aww. is from the Metro Detroit area. And she came to visit us and hang out with us. She was able to work from home uh, via our lanai, our Florida room, for oh. the past month. So, so she's, she's been like an amazing roommate. <coughs> Let me tell you why. So she surprised us. She got three moped scooters. She had three of them for her family and her. She loaded them up in her pickup truck and she drove 1,200 miles down to see us. She taught us how to ride them and taught us how to love them and then helped us find really good deals to buy our own. So she is just amazing for that reason and so many others. And tonight is actually her last night with us. And then she's leaving, and so we're very sad. But I wanted her to know that she is our my crush because we actually introduced her to your podcast, and now on her drive back home, she's going to listen to all the episodes. Uh, I love that. I love that, too. And also, I mean, Dawn really is one of the most genuinely good-hearted people I've ever met. I mean, like, I cannot say enough good things good things about her i absolutely adore her so that's just a fucking great crush yeah and let's face it that haircut is fucking on fire (laughs) agreed (laughs) 
She does go to my barber, by the way. <laughs> hey. Well, since nobody asked, I will uh, inform you both. Evie, what is, who is your crush? Evie, Evie, I've been thinking about it all week. Please tell me. <laughs> so my crush is going to be Park Cannon, who is a representative from Georgia, the, the great state of Georgia. Um, I don't know if you all know, but the Republicans in many states have been putting forth a lot of voter suppression legislation, and Georgia's uh, legislation has been some of the worst that was passed. And when the governor, Brian Kemp, decided to sign it into law, and this is one of the laws is making it a crime to pass out food or water to people who are waiting in extraordinarily long lines oh to God. to you know perform their constitutional right of voting right uh that's now illegal and when the governor was signing it into law park cannon decided to you know she wanted to witness it she is a democratic legislator uh in the House of Representatives. And so she went into, or she went to knock on the door to witness the signing of this horrendous bill into law. And she was arrested, dragged across federal property and charged with two federal crimes. Are you fucking kidding? No. So this woman is a goddamn motherfucking hero. And that is why she is my crush this week. Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love you. You're love the best. You. You're so and fun. Jamie, you you're today. fucking awesome. Oh my god. Wait, what just happened? No. I said, JD, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, like, literally. You are. Yeah. Thank you Thank for having so me, guys. Much. It was yes. fun. Oh my god. Thank you, JJ. <laughs> Yeah, I, that was Thank so you. awkward, Evie. Why do you have to be a weirdo? Um, JJ, yes, you need to come back on all the time because you're so good at this. This is like, I feel like you're, this is like actually something you're really good at. So you should think uh-huh. about that. Thanks. Okay, I'm um, in. So. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes, I agree. I want JJ to join us again for some other fun topic that she relates to. Echo I'm in. Agrees. Just let me know. Clearly, yes. Echo agrees. All right. So, uh, Evie, if they want to find us on Facebook. Uh, Queerdos on Facebook. What about Instagram, Nicole? Queer Podcast on Instagram. Send us messages. Send us DMs. Um, that one dude who sent me that DM from England, not you, but anybody else. Like, I'm all about the English or the Australians, especially because they're, like, literally having fucking... Taylor Swift parties and I can't go to them so if if there's an Australian and you want to get married or I don't know whatever just fucking like DM me I mean she's um, to rename her 14 year old puppy uh, it's, Texas Taylor Swift I mean no, Texas saying, Allison Swift get it together oh my god, god you don't want to fuck up his name together. Texas Allison Swift he's looking at me right now he knows his name so um yes you guys are the best uh yeah, so yeah, stay no rate, review, subscribe, all the things. All the things. Stay weird. Be queer, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.
as you can see, JJ, we are very professional. <laughs> I told you how weird my fucking notes are. I have one note that just says sexily. <laughs> That's it. Just S-E-X-I-L-Y. What was that for? 